Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined this week by Solis Chukwu in Lagos, Nigeria and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we catch up on the latest in the inaugural edition of the African Football League, as Al Athli had to work hard to beat Simba of Tanzania in the quarterfinals. Also, we speak to Mali captain Hamari Traore, who's enjoying life at his new Spanish club, Real Sociedad. I like the gym. We play Champions League. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of, uh, of match to play, and I'm, I'm happy to be there. That's coming up later. Also, we take a look at the top African goal scorers in Europe, with the top two based in Germany, and lots two on the English Premier League with Stuart. So it's another busy show this week. Let's start with the inaugural edition of the African Football League. The competition is here after two years of speculation about how it was going to work. Uh, so there are eight teams in a very fast-paced format. Uh, the quarterfinals ended on Thursday. Uh, the semi-finals begin on Sunday. Well, the 11-time CAF Champions League winners Al-Athli of Egypt had to battle hard against Simba of Tanzania as they took it on away goals. First leg in Dares Salam ended 2-2. In the second leg, Simba took the lead on 68 minutes through Sajo Kanute, but Al-Athli scored on 76 minutes to make it 1-1. That's 3-3 on aggregate, and they took the tie on away goals. A five-time African champions TP Mazembe of DR Congo are out. They lost 3-1 to Esperance of Tunisia. Mazembe won the first leg 1-0 in Lubumbashi, but defended poorly in the second leg on Thursday in Radez, losing that 3-0 to go out 3-1 on aggregate. South Africa's Mamelodi Sundowns beat Petro Atletico of Angola 2-0 on aggregate. They did the job in the first leg with a 2-0 win away in Luanda, which was followed by a goalless draw at home. And Widat Casablanca of Morocco demolished Enyimba of Nigeria 4-0 on aggregate, winning 1-0 away and then 3-0 at home on Thursday night. Uh, the date of that game was moved after issues with clearance for Enyimba's flight into Morocco. Enyimba went out in the first round of the CAF Champions League a few weeks ago and uh, very much uh, outmaneuvered by Widat Casablanca in the African Football League. So straight on with the semi-finals. The first legs will be on Sunday, second leg next Wednesday, so it's Widat Casablanca of Morocco against Esperance of Tunisia in an all-North African semi-final, and Sundowns of South Africa play Al-Athli of Egypt in the other semi-final, so three North African teams making it through to the final four. Well, next here on Planet Sport Football Africa to our interview with Mali captain Hamari Traore, who's enjoying life at his new Spanish club Real Sociedad. Now, after 10 years in French football, Traore left Rennes for Real Sociedad ahead of this season. Uh, Traore is 31. He's a right back. Real Sociedad atop of their group in the Champions League, having won 1-0 away to Benfica this week with Traore starting the game. He spoke to Planet Sport Football Africa's Oluwashina Okaleji about playing in La Liga and told us about Mali's chances at the Africa Cup of Nations finals next January and the upcoming 2026 FIFA World Cup qualifiers. We know that uh, the people of Africa change. Now we don't have a, no, no, no small team. Everybody have a good team, have the good player. 
the way you say, we all we all didn't know Tunisia. We always play against Tunisia. Now he's our brother. We will we will see in the in the group, but the the group is for me is 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 will be it will be difficult for us because we have Namibia. They already qualified. We have a South Africa. We have a good also team, you know. But we will do our best to 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 go to go to go for the second second tour. Every year they say Mali with a young team, exciting team. You guys failed to qualify for the World Cup, and Africa was shocked because you scored yourself an own goal, and you couldn't make it to Qatar. As players, have you recovered from that? It's very, 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 very difficult and bad memory for us, really. Uh, even uh, when I when I I heard Tunisia, very bad memory for uh, for for uh, Mali and for me for my for my nationality. But you know, we have to to grow up. We have to to be uh, to be smart. This is the past. Now we we have the the future for the behind us. We have to do something very good. You know, we have the way you say we have we have a, a young team, but we have the experience. We play. We have a lot of players. They play in the Europa League, in Champions League, and they have, uh, they play on the good team. Now I think for I think we are, we can do something good in Ivory Coast. It's, it's not so far off Mali. We we all we, we play like we play home. We have to do something uh, good. And uh, I believe to my I believe I believe in my team. I believe on my teammates. I, I hope we we'll do a very, very good, uh, very, very good AFCON. Before that AFCON is a World Cup qualifying. You have two games in November. How is the team preparing for that? How is the team ready mentally for that? Uh, this, this is the the qualifier is like is all, is, all, is also the, the 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 preparation for the for Afcon. Yes. We have to win the, those two games to be uh, ready for uh, for qualifying of uh, uh, World Cup. We we have a, we have Ghana for, for our, our group. We have a South Africa. We will play already against Chad in November and South Africa. If you win for me the for qualifier of uh, World Cup, you have to win all your game in home. And after you can do some some draw and some bad results in a away. But for me, if you want to go to World Cup, you have to win all your game home. And after you can do some negotiation, you know. But we will be we we are already ready. Now we prepare our Afcon and and the qualification. We will do something good for sure. As one of the most experienced Mali players, you played for Belgium. You play in France. Now you are in La Liga. How do you compare life in those leagues and now that you are playing Spanish Liga? French League is physically, you know, and uh, we have a lot of a lot of duels. But in Spain, it's more in more football. No, no, too much one against one. No, too much duels. It's all about tactic and technically. I'm I'm happy to be uh, to be there. I, I enjoy my football and I have a, a friend who they help me. And now I'm there in now it's three weeks, three months. It's like I'm there is one year. I'm very very happy to be in Rasujidad. My teammate also helped me and the league I like the team. We play Santos League. It's, voilà, we have a lot of a lot of a lot of match to play and I'm I'm happy to be there and I can take my experience, my 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 experience and my leadership to, to help my teammates to to go for our uh, our our goals.
That's Mali captain Hamari Traore, who plays for Spanish club Real Sociedad, speaking to Planet Sport Football Africa's Aloashina Okaleji. And certainly you would feel that Mali, a team that has underachieved in African football, given the strength of the squad that they have. Well, Ida's away this week, and I'm joined by Solis Chuku in Lagos, Nigeria. Solis, an African football expert, back on the show. Solis, what do you make of Traore's move to Real Sociedad in Spain? Spain after playing 10 years in France. I must say it's one that took me completely by surprise. I mean, we know Hamari Traore has spent a lot of time in France, both with France and, and Rennes, and has been a fantastic servant for both clubs. Um, spent 10 years in total in France, you know, having previously been in Belgium um, with Liège. So this is someone who has a lot of experience and who was a sterling servant for both those clubs, was a captain, of course. At Ren, one of Africa's more underrated um, fullbacks, very complete, very balanced player, good going forward, good defensively, very solid. And um, this just seems, it, it seems like a very, very strange move because, you know, he's a lot more experienced now. He's 31, you know, making such a such a big change. Like he himself said, there's a big difference between Liga and La Liga, just in terms of the physicality, which is weighted on the side of Liga, as opposed to the more technical aspects in La Liga. So that's, that was a big change. And also um, Real Sociedad, of course, the Champions League club, um, very upwardly mobile. They are a very young team too. So it just seemed like Kamari Traore was a very strange profile for them to target. So for him to, you know, take up that challenge, um, not just move country, but move to a club with a very um, youth-focused ethos, um, totally different culture, totally different playing style. I just thought demonstrated how um, brave and how seasoned he is. He's a very experienced player. He's seen it all. He knows it all. There's nothing really that will phase him. But um, there's a saying in in my uh, in Nigeria here that you don't learn to be left-handed in old age. Well, he's doing precisely that, and so far he's been really, really good for Real Sociedad. Obviously, they are doing really well in the Champions League, um, very solid defensively. You know, their attack is flowing really well. And Traore has shown himself to be a great asset to the team, even though on the surface of it, it didn't quite seem like the, the Mali International was the perfect fit. Yes, so so far so good for uh, Mali's Hamari Traore at Real Sociedad in Spain. And his contribution to the Mali national team has been huge. Uh, Not the best of draws for Mali, both in the World Cup qualifiers starting next month and for the Africa Cup of Nations finals early next year. Uh, So uh, can Traore lead them through a successful spell, maybe? Yeah, in truth, Mali have always been one of those interesting sides in African football who you kind of look at them and you can't see any reason why they they aren't doing better than they are. You know, they have the quality, especially in midfield, um, but lately they've been actually been very balanced. Um, so you look at them every tournament and you think, oh, okay, these are dark horses, they should do really well. They have interesting players. Hamari Traore, like we're talking about, excellent fullback, one of the best in Africa. They have Isiaga Silao at left back. You know, they have Ibisuma in the middle. Um, so, you know, they have a bunch of Traores playing attacking midfield and wide. So, you know, you look at the team and you figure, yeah, this team should go really far. But then, like he joked, they always tend to come up against, um, really difficult teams. So Tunisia is, you know, it's a bit of a running joke. Whenever, um, any draw goes on in African football, you kind of figure, okay, Mali will draw Tunisia at some point. I think both teams are sick of each other at this point. Uh, but, uh, those, you know, those, those matches against teams like Tunisia, 
against teams like, interestingly, Ghana, who they will face in World Cup qualifying. You know, these are teams that like to sit deep, that like to congest space, that like to play on the break. And it is precisely against this, these kinds of teams that Mali don't tend to do very well. Um, they are on an even keel against a team who, you know, wants to give as good as they get. I think Mali can compete with pretty much everyone, anyone in Africa. But against teams that tend to sit deep and be a little bit more conservative, Mali tend to struggle. So it will be interesting to see how they do at AFCON. Tunisia and South Africa in the same group is very, very tasking for any team. Uh, so I'm really, I'm really curious to see how far they can go. South Africa are a bit of a wild card in that, you know, you know, Hugo Bruce, who's the manager, has a lot of experience and seems to be doing pretty well, but um, the squad is still not quite at the level where you could think of them as real contenders. So I think Mali can sneak, can, you know, work a surprise in that group, uh, provided they do well against Tunisia, you know, perennial opponents. Ghana, South Africa in World Cup qualifying, that's another really, really tough one. Like I say, Ghana is the sort of team that trips Mali up consistently. So um, it's really tough. I think um, with leadership of Traore, with you know, the talent they have in midfield, they should be able to compete fairly against most of these teams and do really, really well. Um, hopefully, the management of the team is up to the task, which has been a bit of a feeling in recent times. If they can get all of that right, I don't see why they can't go very, very far. Yeah, we shall see. Great to hear from the Mali captain, Hamari Traore, here on Planet Sport Football Africa. Show brought to you by Passion for Sport. Uh, next, and I saw an interesting post on X, uh, formerly Twitter, by the Ghanaian sportscaster Gary Al Smith on the top 10 African goalscorers in Europe so far this season. Uh, this time around, it's not Nigeria's Victor Osimen on top of the chart. He's third, six goals for Napoli in eight games. Uh, the leader is Gim- forward Serhu Girassi with 13 goals in the German Bundesliga for Stuttgart. Nigeria's Victor Boniface, who we heard from a few weeks ago, he's second on the chart with Bayer Leverkusen also in Germany. Uh, DR Congo's Simon Banza is number four on the list. Uh, early days, but six goals so far in Portugal for Sporting Braga. Uh, we have some of the usual suspects. Mohamed Salah, number five, five goals and four assists and other English Premier League stars. Uh, Cameroon's Brian and with Brentford, Taiwo Awani with Nottingham Forest. He's at number nine on the list. And Lyle Foster, the South African, three goals so far for Burnley in the English Premier League. Interesting that there's a strong showing so far for Africans in Germany, Salas. Yes, Steve, I think that's interesting. Um, Bundesliga has the new hunting ground for, for African forwards. I, 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 don't, I wouldn't say there's anything particularly systemic about the fact that, you know, we have Girassi and now Boniface doing really well in Bundesliga. I think, I think there is some commonality there in terms of the circumstances in their club. So, you know, Girassi has never really been this prolific before. Um, but what's different this time is he said that he feels more at home. He feels more settled. Um, you know, he, there were some offers for him to move in the summer, but he opted to stay. He wanted to, you know, maintain a level of stability and he managed to do that and we've seen him blossom as a result this season he's scoring at um historic rates at this point so um where the commonality is is okay for example boniface boniface is someone who leverkusen really scouted extensively and it was very clear what he was coming into the team to do how he would fit into the team they obviously needed um, someone to replace Patrick Schick, who was injured for a long time. So these are two teams who had very clear ideas and players who 
came into the season with very clear ideas of what was expected of them within their team tactical setup and we've seen the results of it obviously um boniface is you know by any by Girassi standards nobody is prolific really where you can tell Girassi doing but boniface has done really well so far this season he's he's kept pace at the top of the scorers charts even with um harry kane who came into Bayern munich and is doing really well um victor Simon, of course is always there and thereabouts his quality is undeniable but um it's not quite to the level that we saw last season, mostly because of the upheaval around Napoli, change of manager, dissatisfaction. And then, of course, there's his contract situation, which is, you know, a bit up in the air. So, um, you know, someone like Mohamed Salah, you know, regional suspects. Uh, so yeah, African, African players in Europe are, are doing, doing really well. Um, La Fossa has been particularly interesting here. He's, um, you know, with Burnley, who are not doing all that great at the moment. Um, but he's doing really well to show what he's capable of, even though he, I think he got sent off against Nottingham Forest, the South African. So, um, but still, he's he's performing at a really high level. Brian Mbomo has had to step up in the absence of um, Ivan Tony at Brentford, and he's done that exceeding well, carried the attack on his back. And then, of course, we have Kaiwawuni at Nottingham Forest, who, unfortunately, at the moment is injured. But, you know, when he's been fit, this season has carried... Um, the banner for Nottingham Forest really, really impressively. So, yeah, African players all around Europe. Just if someone like Osimen, who you know, as we know, is front runner for the African Player of the Year award, and who is by most reckonings Africa's premier centre forward, if even he is not able to keep pace at the top of the scorers charts at the moment, that tells you how deep, um, how deep it is in terms of Africa's striking pool, the talent that's available. And all these guys, you know, by the time the AFCON kicks off in January, all of these guys coming in, you, you would hope that that's, you know, that would lead to a very exciting AFCON full of goals, full of excitement. I'm really keen to see what, say, um, Girassi can do at AFCON, you know, playing in that very tough, tough group with Senegal and Cameroon with Guinea, what havoc he could wreak on um, on some of the continent's leading lights. So that's really, really exciting, yeah. Yeah, very appetising indeed. If those players can keep on scoring at the Africa Cup of Nations finals next January and February in Ivory Coast. Thanks a lot to Solis Chuku in Lagos in Nigeria. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. Still to come, Stuart on the UEFA Champions League and the English Premier League as Andre Anana makes a famous save for Manchester United. You can follow us on X at Planet Sport FA. You can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programs in our archive. To get the app, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Well, now let's go to our European football expert, Stuart Weir, in the UK then. And uh, let's catch up on the action in the UEFA Champions League. Uh, exciting games are so far, Stuart. So far, not surprisingly... Four teams have won all three games, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, Manchester City and Barcelona. And the top team in the other four groups is PSG, Arsenal, Feyenoord of Netherlands and Real Sociedad and Inter Milan top equal. So really all the top clubs in Europe, you might say, doing quite well. But there's certainly a lot to play for in the second half of the group stage. Now, after two defeats, Manchester United got their Champions League campaign up and running this week, beating Copenhagen 1-0. But nothing is ever simple with Manchester United. And they have to thank the two most unlikely heroes, 
Their goal was scored by Harry Maguire, and in the last minute, Andre Onana saved a Copenhagen penalty. Maguire and Onana, possibly the two most criticised players in the Manchester United team, have become the heroes. And you can't keep Scott McTominay out of the news. After scoring three goals in two games, he's now given away a penalty in consecutive games. But there's a strong African representation throughout the Champions League. I mentioned that Bayern Munich have won all three games and with three African players playing their part. Eric Chupamuting from Cameroon, Mazraoui from Morocco and Bounassar from Senegal. And Real Madrid have Brahim Abdelkader from Morocco uh, playing for them. Real Sociedad have Umar Sadiq from Nigeria and Hamari Traore from Mali, whom we heard from earlier. Feyenoord, I mentioned, were top of their group and they've got Ramiz Zarouki from Algeria and Yankuba Minta from Gambia. PSG have Hakimi from Morocco, but the team with the most Africans is Lens, who are second in their group behind Arsenal. And they've got four Africans, Masidio Haidara from Mali, Salis Abdul Samad from Ghana, Morgan Guilavugi from Guinea and Namphis Mende from Senegal. You will remember him spending seven years at Leicester City. And Steve, for me, the Champions League is always compelling viewing and this year is no exception and there's an awful lot still to play for. Well, exciting stuff in the UEFA Champions League and uh, English Premier League. What a game we're looking forward to uh, this uh, Sunday, Stuart, the Manchester Derby. Yes, um, the trouble with some of these derbies is that they could be a bit one-sided and Manchester United will have to pick up form a little bit if they're going to um, trouble City. But looking at the top of the table, with Arsenal only drawing, Tottenham's win over Fulham leaves them top of the table with a two-point lead over City and Arsenal. Liverpool's win over Everton leaves them fourth with Mo Salah scoring both goals for Liverpool and incidentally Brentford also had two African goals with Wissa and Mbembo scoring. Tottenham's first goal in the 2-0 win over Fulham was scored by James Madison and what a great signing he has been. But on the other hand, remember Brennan Johnson who was so superb for Nottingham Forest last season. He signed for Tottenham and he got a 10-minute substitute appearance against Fulham and that's only the third time he's been on the pitch this season. You know, sometimes transfers don't work out initially as well as you might expect. We talked about the game of the day perhaps being Chelsea against Arsenal and it was certainly a game of excitement, mistakes and controversy. Chelsea led 2-0, the first goal a penalty for handball against Gabriel one of those clearly accidental handballs, but which these days is interpreted as a penalty because his arm was away from his body. Then we had two mistakes by two Spanish goalkeepers. First, Arsenal's David Rea was deceived by Mudrick's lob, which was either a brilliant piece of skill or a completely mishit cross. Take your choice. Then Robert Sanchez kicked the clearance straight to an Arsenal player and the Gunners were back in the game. 
The equaliser came when Arsenal's Trossard put the ball past Chelsea's Sanchez and last year the two of them were Brighton teammates. In the Merseyside derby there was yet another controversial moment. Everton's Ashley Young was on a yellow card when he committed a foul, second yellow and he was off. But what incensed Sean Dyche, the Everton manager, was when Liverpool's Ibrahima Koyati committed a foul more or less identical to Ashley Young when he was on a yellow card, but he stayed on the pitch. That kind of inconsistency is always really frustrating. Aston Villa moved up to fifth in the league table with a 4-1 win over West Ham, and incredibly this was Aston Villa's 11th successive home win in the league. Manchester United won 2-1 at Sheffield United with Scott McTominay scoring the first goal as well as conceding a penalty. That's three goals in two games for McTominay. And Manchester United's winning goal came from fullback Diogo Dallo. Of course, a goal is a goal and it doesn't matter who scores it. But Manchester United must be anxious that their new Danish striker, Rasmus Hoyland, has played 418 minutes in the Premier League, had 11 shots, but has yet to score his first league goal. And Marcus Rashford has only scored one league goal. United badly need one of those strikers to be hitting the net. I said last week that it was hard to see where any of the five bottom clubs would pick up any points. And Everton, Burnley, Bournemouth and Sheffield United all duly lost. But Luton Town came from 2-0 down at Nottingham Forest to draw 2-2 with both their goals in the last 10 minutes from players with Nigerian connections. First, Lagos-born Chiduzi Ogbeni scored and then Elijah Adebayo, his parents are Nigerian, though he was born in London, got the equaliser. Bournemouth led Wolves for half an hour and were doing well until Lewis Cook received a red card and Wolves went on to equalise and score the winning goal. It was a case of serves them right, you might say, with Gary O'Neill, fired by Bournemouth at the end of last season, bringing his new club, Wolves, to beat his old one. And finally, Steve, let's spare a thought for Brentford's Neil Mopai. He put the ball in the net to end a run of 398 days since his last goal. Well, almost. His strike was ruled out for offside, so he has to wait to get his goal. That's a long wait, uh, continuing then for Neil Mopé. Um, and uh, Stuart, uh, last weekend uh, we had the death of an England legend, Sir Bobby Charlton. Uh, tell us uh, more about him. An absolute legend of English football, aged 86. He played over 600 games for Manchester United in the league, scoring 199 goals, 106 caps for England and 49 goals in a career lasting 17 years, 1956 to 1973. He was in the England team that won the World Cup in 1966 and the Manchester United team, which was the first English team ever to win the European Cup, now called the Champions League. Charlton, sadly, was the 10th member of that England World Cup 1966 team to die, with only Jeff Hurst, the hat-trick hero, still alive. 
1958, Bobby Charlton was on a plane flying the Manchester United team back from a European Cup tie in Belgrade. The plane crashed in Munich, killing seven players, as well as staff, journalists and so on. Throughout his life, Charlton spoke of the guilt that he carried because he survived while others died. After his retirement as a player, he became a director of Manchester United and was instrumental in bringing Alex Ferguson to Old Trafford. And he was particularly supportive of Ferguson in the early days because, of course, it was a long time before Ferguson won the first trophy. There have been many tributes to Bobby Charlton, a great player and also a fine man. Yeah, indeed. Uh, thanks very much, uh, Stuart. Uh, sad to hear of the passing of uh, Manchester United and England legend Sir Bobby Charlton. Uh, before we go, on social media this week, uh, asking, uh, do you think that Andre Anana's penalty save has kick-started his Manchester United career? Uh, much a celebration and relief for Andre Anana uh, with that uh, save right at the end of the Champions League game against FC Copenhagen. Uh, Stuart was telling us there that stoppage time penalty save gave United the three points and it has been a tough start at Man United uh, for Cameroon's Andre Onana so do you think that this moment will kick start his career with Manchester United uh, will he get going and are there now better times ahead for Andre Onana you can post a comment on our Facebook page that's a Planet Sport Football Africa or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero that's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven has Onana's penalty save kick-started his Manchester United career after a very slow start. Well, that's it for the show for this week. So from me, Steve Vickers in Zimbabwe, from Solis Chuku in Nigeria, and from Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.